0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Sports Time Machine here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Anna Kagaregis, and each week we head down memory lane as I take you back in time and remember some of the greatest moments in sports history. Leave your flux capacitor at home. All you need to do is subscribe to the show on iTunes or any of your other favorite directories like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Now, a lot of interesting events happened this week in history in sports. We've seen one of the greatest returns ever in basketball. Two legendary baseball players had their lifetime bands lifted. And one city lost two different teams and so much more. So let's step into the sports time machine. Roads? Well we're going, we don't need Roads. We first turn back the clock to March 15th. In 1869, the Cincinnati Red Stockings became the first professional baseball team. They became a charter member of the American Association in 1882 and joined the National League in 1890. The Reds played in the NL West division from 1969 to 1993 before joining the Central Division in 1994. They've won five World Series championships, nine NL pennants, one double A pennant, and 10 division titles. From 1882 to 2020, the Reds' overall win loss record is 10,630 to 10,422, a 505 winning percentage. In 1912, pitcher Cy Young retired from baseball. He finished his career with 511 wins, almost 100 more than any pitcher in history. He recorded 30 victories on five occasions and won 20 or more games 16 times. He also holds MLB records for most career innings pitch with 7,356, games started at 815, and complete games with 749. Cy Young threw his first no-hitter on September 18, 1897. Then on May fifth, nineteen 1904, pitched the first perfect game of the 20th century, a day he considered to be his greatest in baseball. He totaled three no-hitters throughout his career. Cy Young was elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame in 1937, and in 1956, one year after his death, the Cy Young Award was created to honor the best pitcher in Major League Baseball for each season. The first award was given to Brooklyn's Don Newcomb. Originally, it was a single award covering all of baseball. But the honor was divided into two Cy Young Awards in 1967, one for each league. Same date, 1962. Wilt Chamberlain becomes the first player to score 4,000 points in a single NBA season, finishing the year with 4,029 points. He holds four of the top five spots on the points leaderboard, with Michael Jordan in the third spot at 3,041 points. Side note, three-pointers were not implemented until the 1979-1980 season. In 1988, the NFL's St. Louis Cardinals officially moved to Phoenix. Now, the Cardinals franchise first relocated from Chicago to St. Louis in 1960, during their 28-year stay in St. Louis, they advanced to the playoffs just four times in that stint. Thanks to numerous years of mediocre play and old stadium, dwindling game attendance, the owners, the Bidwells, decided it was time once again to move the team. Big Red owner Bill Bidwell finally made the comment that most of us didn't want to hear. Bidwell announced late this morning that the football Cardinals are leaving St. Louis for Phoenix, Arizona, and they'll play their 88 home games at Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe. Bidwell had just finished a meeting with NFL Commissioner Pete Rosell in New York, and so if 75% of the NFL owners approve the proposed franchise shift, the Big Red will become the Arizona Cardinals. So on March 15, 1988, the NFL team owners voted to allow the Cardinals to move from St. Louis to Tempe, Arizona for the 1988 NFL season. The NFL returned to St. Louis in 1995, welcoming the Los Angeles Rams. But you know the old saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me? Well, unfortunately, shame on St. Louis. In 2015, the Rams announced they were moving back to Los Angeles, making St. Louis the first city to have lost two NFL teams that have relocated in the western United States. St. Louis filed a lawsuit against the Rams, and a Missouri judge reportedly plans to start the trial of that lawsuit in January of 2022, about a month before the Super Bowl is held in Los Angeles. March 16, 1994 figure skater Tanya Harding pled guilty in Portland to conspiracy to hinder prosecution for covering up an attack on skating rival Nancy Kerrigan. Harding avoided jail, but drew a $100,000 fine. So make sure to listen back to the episode of Sports Time Machine, where I discuss the day Kerrigan was attacked. Also on March 16th in 2020, Major League Baseball suspended the remainder of spring training and delayed the start of the regular season in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. All right, welcome back to CBS Sports HQ. Also on CBS Sports Network, we have more breaking news this Thursday afternoon from the World of Major League Baseball. Uh, just issued this announcement regarding spring training and the season. Major League Baseball to delay the 2020 opening day by at least two weeks. Uh, Major League Baseball was supposed to start two weeks from today on March 26th. That will now be pushed back at least two weeks. Also, spring training games have been canceled as of 4 p.m. Eastern today and WBCQ games postponed as well. Uh, It goes on to say Major League Baseball will continue to evaluate these ongoing events as will we. After a nearly four-month delay, it is finally time to play ball. The Major League Baseball season is set to begin tonight after the pandemic shut things down for some time. The first game is scheduled for the nation's capital. The world champion Washington Nationals will take on the New York Yankees, and Ed O'Keefe is outside Nationals Park. Not only will teams look different this season because several high-profile players opted not to play this abbreviated season amid the pandemic, but the way the game is played will actually be different due to league restrictions on who can be in the stadium and how exactly the teams play ball. St. Patrick's Day is March 17th. The luck of the Irish was on one baseball player's side. In 1936, at 21 years old, future baseball Hall of Famer Joe DiMaggio made his Yankee debut in a big way, collecting four hits including a triple in an 8-7 exhibition loss to the Cardinals. In 1946, Montreal Royals infielder Jackie Robinson made his preseason debut at City Island Ballpark in Daytona Beach. It was the first ever spring training game. It would also be the first game Robinson played as a member of the Brooklyn organization. Robinson thus became the first black player to openly play for a minor league baseball team against a major league team since the de facto baseball color line had been implemented in the 1880s. While Robinson went 0-3 for 3 at the plate, he did reach on a force play, stole second base, and scored on catcher Pharrell Anderson's base hit. More than 4,000 fans were in attendance, which included almost 1,000 African Americans. 19 years later, on that same date, in 1965, Jackie Robinson continued to break barriers by becoming the first African-American to be a member of a national network broadcasting team when he signed on to announce games with ABC. March 18, 1985. Baseball commissioner Peter Uberoth reinstated Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle. But why did he need to reinstate two legends of the game? While both players were no longer in baseball, unfortunately, many of the game's legends never got the opportunity to make the same kind of money that players make today. Mantle and May's paychecks paled in comparison to even the most ordinary players you see on the diamond now. Retired ball players often took on odd jobs just to make ends meet. Both got involved in working as casino greeters and autograph signers in Atlantic City and New Jersey. This involved chatting with guests and partaking in various casino events and activities. But according to then-Commissioner Bowie Kuhn, a casino was no place for a baseball hero and Hall of Famer. Mays was banned in 1980, Mantle in 1983. The dishonor didn't last, however. After Kuhn stepped down as commissioner, his replacement, Peter Ubroth reversed the decision, reinstating both men immediately. He went on to say, they are exceptions to the current guidelines. I am bringing back two players who are more a part of baseball than perhaps anyone else. Now, speaking of comebacks, in 1995, Michael Jordan delivered the best press release of all time, saying just two words, I'm back. Hey, Mikey, we like it. Not a huge surprise, but clearly one of the great comebacks since Burt Reynolds' hairline. It came in a two-word statement, which is now just begging to have a Nike campaign built around it. Quote-unquote, I'm back. Those two syllables announced that Jordan was ending his 17-month NBA retirement. Now, Sports Illustrated plastered the words across the front page in the March of 1995 issue, which was dedicated to the Bulls' stars' comeback. But I think my favorite part was... The announcement came via fax machine. If you're a Generation z -er and don't know what that is, I'm sure there's a TikTok video out there that can explain it better than me. The next day on March 19th, the GOAT graced the hardwood, rejoining the Bulls to take on Reggie Miller and the Indiana Pacers. Michael Jordan warming up at Market Square Arena more than three hours before today's Scheduled tip off. Twenty one months have passed since Michael Jordan last played competitive basketball. For twenty one months, the NBA was without its supreme artist. There may be many interesting peripheral aspects to both his departure and return, but at the heart of it is simply this the best in the world is back. Today, an artist returns to his true canvas, the hardboard courts of the NBA. Michael Jordan is back. Now, Jordan wore number forty five during the game because the number 23 had been retired by the Bulls following his retirement. Now, in his return, he had scored 19 points, grabbed six rebounds, and tallied six assists in 43 minutes of action. The Bulls lost 103-96 to in overtime. An estimated 35 million people tuned in to the nationally televised game, and it's still the most watched game in NBA history. Three days later, Jordan dominated for 55 points against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, signifying that Jordan was back. Hey, guys, look who's finally ready to play. Let's see if I remember how to do this. March 20th. This one goes out to the ladies for National Women's History Month. In 1934, American all-around super athlete Babe Didrikson Zacharias pitched a hitless inning for the Philadelphia A's in their spring training game against the Dodgers. Didrikson is still recognized as the world record holder for the farthest baseball thrown by a woman. had won two gold medals in the 1932 Summer Olympics for track and field before turning to golf and winning 10 LPGA major championships. In 1976, Zacharias was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. And in 1981, the U.S. Postal Service issued an 18-cent stamp commemorating her accomplishments. On January 7, 2021, Zaharias was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Donald Trump. March 20th, 1990. The L.A. Lakers retired Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's number 33 less than a year after his retirement. Kareem was the NBA's all-time leading scorer with 38,387 points and led Los Angeles in scoring a club record 11 consecutive times and earned NBA's Most Valuable Player honors six times, the most in NBA history. He was named NBA Rookie of the Year in 1970, named Most Valuable Player of the NBA Finals twice in 1971 and 1985, and was a member of the All-NBA First Team ten times. He was also selected to play in 19 NBA All-Star games, selected to the NBA's All-Defensive First Team on five occasions, and led the NBA in block shots four times. He played 20 years in the NBA, 14 with the Lakers, and 6 with Milwaukee. And Kareem is also credited for one of the most unstoppable moves ever, his trademark skyhook. Kareem with a big pressure. Kareem with the sky. Chicago found Kareem Abdul-Jabbar virtually unstoppable. When you say, the big man, you're talking about only one man. Here he comes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And The sky hook, the sky hook. Here's the sky hook. And becomes the second player in NBA history to reach 31,000 career points. Sky hook by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Sends it to Kareem, sky hook up. He is one of the few players in the NBA to have his jersey retired by not one, but two franchises. March 21st, 1985. Arthur Ashe was nominated for the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Ashe became the first African-American male to win the U.S. Open in 1968, the Australian Open in 1970, and Wimbledon in 1975. In 1963, he was the first African-American chosen to play the Davis Cup for the United States, and in 10 years, represented his country and helped the U.S. win five championships. Along with his historical and brilliant tennis career, he was an activist, author, educator, and a campaigner for civil rights and racial equality, not only in the United States, but also globally. His life, unfortunately, was tragically ended in 1993 after he contracted HIV from a blood transfusion following a heart bypass surgery. But his legend lives on. In 1993, he was posthumously awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Bill Clinton. ESPN's ESPY Awards awards the Arthur Ashe Courage Award to a person in the sports world that exhibits courage in the face of adversity. There have been some truly inspiring events that happened this week in sports history. Many that we will remember for years to come. But there are also some other interesting things that happened this week in pop culture history. March 15, 1962, five research groups announced the discovery of antimatter. And in 1972, The Godfather premiered in New York City directed by Francis Ford Coppola, starring Marlon Brando and Al Pacino. It won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1973. On March 17, 1845, the rubber band was patented by Stephen Perry of London. It's now time for some birthday shout-outs. Happy birthday to Bobby Bonds, outfielder and coach and father of Barry Bonds. Happy birthday to baseball player Kevin Euculus, also known as the Greek god of walks, even though he's not Greek. A happy birthday to NFL quarterback Rodney Peet, NBA stars Blake Griffin and Joel Embiid, A couple Olympians, soccer star Mia Hamm, and American swimmer and five-time Olympic gold medalist Katie Ledecky. And finally, since it's St. Patrick's Day this week, let's honor some of the top athletes named Patrick: Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Ewing. Patrick Reed, Patrick Marlowe, Patrick Kane, Danica Patrick. But how about Ryan Fitzpatrick? little Fitz magic for you to end the show. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you again for listening to Sports Time Machine. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate Sports Time Machine on iTunes. We're available on all your other favorite directories as well, like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Anna Kagaraikis, that's K-A-G-A-R-A-K-I-S. And I'm also on Instagram at Anna Kags. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Thanks for heading down memory lane with me. I'm Anna Kagaraikis, and we'll talk soon.